0: up guys. Welcome back to a new podcast episode. I am probably the most excited I've been since the beginning about this one. Um, I have one of my best friends Delaney
1: on the podcast with me today um, and I'll let her introduce herself. Hey y'all. Bit. So yeah my name's is Delaney. Um, I met Michelle in college our first semester. We were actually roommates together and I'm so proud of her for starting this podcast. So excited to be on with her. Um, we met when was it? Uh, August. August, And,
0: yeah. well, we had been talking a little bit before, like, over messaging and stuff, because mm-hmm. we knew we were going to be roommates, but
1: <laughs> we always joke around because, well, I personally never thought that we'd be this close. I kind of thought yeah, that no way. we would not be friends. <laughs> when I met her, I was like, yeah, she's cool. We'll we'll talk. We'll live together. Yeah. But I did not think we'd hang out. At all. No. And then first semester, we ended up going out almost every single night together. No,
0: yeah, literally. Like, nobody else wanted to, and we were always the ones that were done to do everything. (laughs) It was so fun. Yeah. Um, So, I have her on the podcast today because I feel like I have the best conversation with you just Mm -hmm. about anything and everything, and it's so, like, just real, and, like, just sometimes we talk about things that are pretty taboo or, like, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing that we talked a lot about, especially, like, our first semester of college and one of the first, like, deeper conversations we ever had was about... Like, the whole concept of, like, healing and, like, yeah. just emotional healing and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I remember I told you one time, I was like, I feel like I could just record, what, like, our yeah. conversation because it was so good. We were saying, like, such, like, deep things, but mm-hmm. I felt like, I don't know. Even, like, for me, it was really good to, like, get a lot of things out on the table. and Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, we're going to just kind of go back into that conversation and even touch on things that we talked about before. Um, but just to start out, just to kind of break the ice a little bit, how would you like describe or define healing? Like what does that look like for you or what is it to you?
1: Yeah, I think healing in general is not so much forgetting about everything, but finding ways that whatever it is that hurts you, whatever it is that you need to heal from, finding ways that that developed you and where it's brought you and accepting those developments that it made, those changes that it made in your life, and then seeing how to, like, continue on with your life post whatever happened um, in a way that is growing you and not leaving you stagnant and just moving on to where it's not consuming your thoughts all the time and it's not defining your decisions, but instead you've acknowledged who you are now and what you've come through that, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. One of the my favorite ways to think about it and something
0: I heard a long time ago, and I think I told you this too, is, like... It's this kind of the same thing or process as, like, a wound. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I remember telling you, like, I feel like um, a lot of times I... Because healing is a process, right? It's not, yeah. like, overnight. It's not, like, a destination. Right. But it's a lot more of, like, a journey and a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I remember telling you, like, I felt like I was on the, whatever, quote-unquote, healing process. But I would, like, feel like I would take a million steps forward and then a billion, right. billion steps back, like... Overnight, it felt yeah. like like one day I'd be fine and I'd feel really like confident, and then the next day I'd be like, man, like I just can't get over this. Yeah. And I remember, um I forget where I heard this, but I was having a conversation with someone and they explained how like, you know, when you get like a cut,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: like hurts, like it's open, it's an open wound, whatever. Um, for a while, and then you get a scab, but if you like scrape the scab again or whatever, it'll bleed again. So like you kind of go through that cycle for a few weeks. And then eventually if the wound is like really deep or it's like a gash or whatever, is it gash? Is that a word? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) it'll like become a scar and even scars themselves are like sensitive. You right. know, like if you touch them or if you poke at them, they're, st- they're like
1: technically healed, right.
0: but they're still sensitive and you can tell like something happened. That's there. a really good analogy. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense?
1: 100%. Yeah. And I think too, with the whole healing process, talking about how it's more of just a race, like a marathon than an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. If we were to run a marathon and we were to fall like on our face four times during that marathon, nobody would talk about the times we've fallen they would talk about how we cross the finish line Mm. and so throughout healing there's a lot of times that it does feel like that's the end there's no way that you're going to recover there's no way that you could keep going but the healing process is learning how to get back up how to dust yourself off how to keep going knowing that there's going to be another time you're going to fall but every time you're going to get you're not going to be as hurt like you're going to learn how to fall correctly and how to get yourself back up even faster and then one day you're going to cross that finish line and you still might have those scabs from those times that you've fallen but the ultimate thing is you cross the finish line. You remember those falls, but nobody else really talks about them. Like, you're you're the person that finished the marathon. Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. not the person that fell during the marathon.
0: Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think one of the first steps, like you're saying, like, one of the first steps to even start, like, allowing yourself to emotionally heal is just simply acknowledging that there's something there. 100%. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, for me, for the longest time, I never... Was f- I even, like, allowed myself to be familiar right. with the concept of, like, emotional healing. Like, to me, it was all sounded so, like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't even want to go there, you know? Right. But I was holding on to so many things from years ago or even, like, current situations that I was, like, why do I feel so trash all the time, yeah. you know? Um, and once I, like, got to a point where I was, like, it's a complicated concept, but it's also not. Like, the mm-hmm. first step to allowing myself to heal from what has happened is to acknowledge that there's been hurt yeah. and acknowledge that, like, I'm I'm wounded. Like, I'm, I'm hurt and there is, like, a process to go through in order for me not to live in that every day, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, I would say, like, just overall, whether it be something, like, minor or major, like,
1: the first step is always acknowledgement. Like... For sure. You know? <clears throat> Even with the smallest things, like, if your friend says something that just really bugs you, if you shove that down. And this is something I'm still learning. If you shove away those feelings and pretend like it didn't hurt you at all, that's going to start like feeding at you so much more to the point that it makes it harder to heal. Like the sooner that you can acknowledge that you are hurt and that something's bothering you, no matter how big or how small, it makes it so much easier. Like back to that marathon thing, when you're falling on the cement, as soon as you acknowledge that you fell, you can get up a lot faster. Well, okay, I'm an Enneagram Uh 2, and I have... 2s go to 4 when they're really healthy, and 4s are very emotional, they're feeling. Um, 2s are also a feeling type, but not to get into the Enneagram too much. But anyways, I do sit in my emotions a lot, and I love to feel things. But at the same time, I'm just a naturally joyful person. I live in joy a lot. I'm so grateful that that's just where I'm at in my life. Um, But I really do enjoy to, like, just sit and feel things and... Mm -hmm. At the same time, I suppress a lot because I expect, I say, okay, I'm a joyful person. So then days that I don't feel that same joy, that same happiness, I start to get disappointed in myself. Like, why? That's not Delaney. That's not who you are. What's going on? And then I'll suppress. And then that's when I find myself starting to get the most hurt is when I refuse to sit in those emotions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is important to sit in those things for sure. But anyways...
0: I was going to say for all the people out there that are not, like, mm-hmm. are scared of emotion or just simply just don't want to go there. Which, would you classify yourself as kind of that? Yes. Okay. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Allowing myself to realize that there is baggage to be, emotional baggage to be dealt with and, like, right. sorted through has made me more in tune with my emotion. Yeah. And, like, allowed me to um, just really be like, all right. Is this fun? No. Mm-hmm. Am I? Do I feel like I'm a wreck all the time? Yes. But the it's like it's the most worth it process ever. For like sure. I found like one hundred percent because I feel like back when I just didn't even allow myself to be in tune with my emotion as much. Mm-hmm. I was just living from a place of like just kind of bitterness and like yeah. just very like I don't know. I just felt very like, reserved. Right. Like, emotionally, like, very private, which is not Mm -hmm. always a negative thing, but now I feel like I'm not only able to say that I'm doing the work of working through all those messy emotions. Yeah. Like, by myself or even with people around me, but I'm able to then, like, help others do the same, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because of how freeing it's been for me, personally.
1: Yeah. It is a very freeing lifestyle to not even just to get that end destination, but to be working through that, that is such a freeing thing. Because once you've acknowledged that there's a problem, and you've you've acknowledged that you need a solution, that you need to somehow be healed, that process becomes so beneficial and freeing and worthwhile. It's sometimes really painful, but so worthwhile. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's so many
0: aspects to healing, I think, too. Like, there's like a forgiveness part of it where it's like I need to heal from something that has been done to me and then one thing that I realized coming into college I just to get personal I came in with a lot of like carrying just a lot of shame and a Mm -hmm. lot of like regret for mistakes that I had made and um and I feel like I couldn't shake it for so long Mm -hmm. and I know we talked about that a lot um and so I think one thing that people don't really talk about as much is like there it there is a like, a an aspect to it, too, where it's, like, I need to heal from things that I've also done. Right. Like, I need to forgive myself, and I feel like that's sometimes, like, even harder to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, Do you want to kind of go into, um, why we even started talking about this in the first place? We were talking yeah. about very specific personal instances,
1: um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so I had a relationship in my life where I just crossed so many emotional boundaries with this person, and, I, it was something I told myself I would never do, and so then coming out of that, I was, during it, I was so deceived, my eyes were so closed to what was really going on, like, I was sharing these things with this person, and talking to this person a lot, and just giving them too much of myself, and I was in an immature point in my life anyways, where I just shouldn't have been sharing those things that I was sharing, And so then to come out of that and really see the damage that was done in my life, I dealt with a lot of that self-guilt that you were talking about Mm -hmm. and just that shame of, wow, I just wasted not just a month or two months, almost a year and a couple months of my life. I shouldn't say wasted because there is so much value in our mistakes that can grow us. But in the moment, I looked at it as I wasted so much time in my life where I could have been devoting myself to things that mattered but instead I was devoting myself to receiving affirmation from this person and giving them affirmation and oversharing, frankly. And so coming out of that with all that shame and baggage, and on top of that, that friendship just completely fell off. So the person I'd been devoting so much time to was now just gone. So I was left with a lot of this baggage, a lot of shame that Okay, so I feel like I just wrecked the course of my life. And then the one thing I was devoting my life to for that year is now completely out of the picture. Mm -hmm. So I felt so lonely and just broken at myself, like so lost. How did I even get to this point? And that was hard. The next, I think it was about three to six months were some of the hardest times of my life, because I had to acknowledge that I went so far from where I ever wanted to be. And someone who's not even in my life anymore knows the most about me. Mm -hmm. And I just did that. I was the reason like I gave myself to that person. Yeah. And so that was just a crushing reality that I had to come to terms with and figure out how to cope with, I Mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, during those six months, I spent a lot of time journaling and just sitting in these emotions that I really deep down wanted to completely suppress and pretend like everything was fine, but it was such a strong weight on my shoulders that it sent me into a depression and so many consuming thoughts and, um, guilt and shame, and it was a really hard six months, and I don't know if you can relate at all to that with your story.
0: Yeah, uh, no, for sure. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of situations that I've had to heal from in life because it's just life, right, totally. but, um, I don't know if y'all can relate to this, but, like, Once you start getting older, and once you, especially like in your teenage years or whatever, like obviously, if I were to look back on my life, I could name a billion mistakes that I've made from the time I was five to now. You know, but there are a few, like select mistakes that I recall that come up to like come to mind immediately, yeah, because they were so impactful. You know, not to not to justify the rest, but they were the most life altering. They were the Mm -hmm. most painful. So I feel like I've had this problem for a long time and I think it's just part of who I am and something that I have to work through a lot. But I I feel like I've found myself in a lot of situations where I am so, this is going to sound good, but it's also dangerous. I feel like I'm very loyal to a fault, but it's gotten me in a lot of trouble because um, it's funny because it's like, I don't take BS from people. Usually, like, I'm Mm -hmm. very, like, all right, I don't have time. Like, very that that sort of mentality, whether that be good or bad, I don't know. Um, But when it comes to, like, my close, tight-knit, like, circle, I feel like I would do anything for those people. And so I found myself in a lot of unhealthy situations where it's either extremely toxic or extremely unhealthy. Um, And I specifically was talking to you about a certain situation where I feel like I um, had made mistakes that I feel like I'll never be able to take back and mm-hmm. did not just affect uh that time in my life but also will affect the future and yeah. still is affecting my future now. Um and kind of similar to what you were saying like giving yourself so much to a person um and I can name a few instances where that where that's happened to me specifically whether it be with guys or like really close girlfriends but There's just something about being the most vulnerable with someone, um, whatever that looks like, emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever your case may be, then, like, it just ending and feeling like you've given absolutely everything and it either didn't work out or it wasn't enough. Again, I'm kind of speaking generally because everybody's situation is different, but I got to a place where... After this back and forth cycle for almost a year, mm-hmm. um, I got to a point where I was like, it hurts, it hurts so much, you know, <clears throat> to let go because it's comfortable, but it hurts more to stay. It's doing more damage to me to stay. It's doing more damage to me to stay in contact with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, you know, um, but acknowledging, like, the healing process is for me. like it's not for me to go through with the other person. it's not it's not even healthy for me to be like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna be in tune with my emotion and I'm gonna like go through this process that I know will bring so much freedom um, in the future and even to me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't, I can't do that with that person. I can't allow myself to be in this cycle while also trying to deal with the things that are hurting me so much, you know, that I didn't even realize were so damaging at the time because I was so, I loved that person a lot, you know. I think that for so long my focus was on the wrong thing. Like, I was so focused on what was broken but focusing on what was broken was not going to be the thing that set me free, you know? Yeah, that's so good. <clears throat> and so allowing myself to realize, like, okay, it's not just about letting go of of this and of him and of this situation and all my mistakes, but it's about grabbing hold of something so much better, which is, right. you know, allowing myself to feel and allowing myself to have days where I'm just like, I don't even know... Why would I ever do something like that? Like, allowing myself to be so real with myself, you know? Yeah. Um. And obviously, it's a whole nother topic, getting into, like, the difference between guilt and shame, and, like, they're very different things, sure. which that's a whole nother thing. But that was kind of where I was coming from, and I feel like it's been one of the most, like, evident instances in my life, mm-hmm. especially more, like, within the last few years, that has really allowed me to be like, all right, I need to really learn how to how to heal well,
1: you know, so it doesn't do more damage than it already has. Exactly. And I really liked what you had to say about letting go of things. That's so profound and something that I had to walk through too, that just that process of what does it really mean to let go and how can I make sure I'm actually moving forward instead of just staying in this cycle. And I think we tell ourselves this lie, or at least I did, that reflecting on the past, well trying to heal right now and think about the future is going to be more effective than just living the present. Like I had this attachment to this past and to this life I was living that was seriously like a double life between me and this person and then the rest of my life. They were so separated that to come back into this reality where I'm trying to heal, Mm -hmm. I was still hanging on to that aspect of my life. And the ultimate reality is I just needed to let go of it and live in the present. And that sounds so cliche, but when we compare ourselves to our past and put our worth in our past, that's just as dangerous as comparing ourselves and putting our worth in the future. Yeah. Like if we look at the finish line and say, that's like who I'm going to be, that's where my worth's at. The healing process is going to be awful because you need to find worth in yourself today and with what you're going through right now and with the feelings that you have right now Mm -hmm. and completely let go of everything that has happened and every expectation that you have for the future
0: because yeah, yeah, that's
1: good. if you don't sit in the now and don't sit in the present the feelings of the now you're not going to really be able to optimize the healing process yeah so totally.
0: yeah and knowing too like it's okay to like you were talking about letting go and stuff like it's okay to feel horrible after making the right 100 like I don't know if you relate to this but for me it was like I was avoiding that feeling of loss so much Mm -hmm. where I would, like, I was like, okay, how can me making the right decision bring me so much pain? Like, it points to the fact that, like, no, like, it's supposed to hurt. Right. Like, this is, this is right. Like, I am on the right track. I'm not supposed to be comfortable because there's no, there's going to be no growth there if I'm comfortable, you know? And knowing, too, like, um speaking to the fact that, like, it's okay to be sad after you make the right decision. Like, Mm -hmm. if you deal with the root, like, why am I sad? Why do I feel, fill in the blank? The fruit is going to take care of itself. So allowing myself to be like, okay, I feel this way. I'm going to acknowledge that I feel this way. Where is it coming from? Like, asking questions like that Mm -hmm. instead of focusing so much on, like, suppressing, like, I don't want to feel this or I I hate that I'm, like, constantly living in this headspace of, like, bitterness or anxiety or depression or fear, like, where, where
1: is that coming from, right. you know? And it sometimes takes months for you to get to that point. It really does. And we've talked a lot about this, like the, these sad things that we've had to let go of and these really crushing things. But just really recently, I was put in a situation where I had to make a choice to let go of a relationship temporarily, just take a break with this person. And that was a really hard decision to make. And it hurt a lot But that doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. I know 1,000% that that was the right decision, especially now that I'm walking in it. I completely understand why I felt like this needed to happen. And everyone around me was also in agreement that this needed to happen. But that doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. And so then whether this is a situation that you're like, I just maybe for you it's you just moved out of your hometown or maybe it's letting go of a relationship that was toxic you knew you needed to or even just a very simple thing like letting go of a thought process that you used to have those things they all hurt in different ways but that hurt you need to acknowledge that no matter how big no matter how small whether you know it was the right decision or if you're still unsure if it hurts you you need to start there with acknowledging it because that's ultimately what leads to growth. And then learn how to really let go of that. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. was telling Michelle this, too, in our conversation before and also just a little bit before we got on the mic. Letting go is a process more of handing off than it is of just completely disintegrating the issue. Mm-hmm. And if we refuse to let go of something, we're going to hand it off in ways that we don't want it to. It's going to come out as just lashing out on our roommates or... Um, sitting in like a depression and lashing out on ourselves, kind of. Or for me, I learned that I needed to let it go at the feet of Jesus. And I'm a believer in the Lord. And I think that finding freedom where you need to is the most important thing that you can do in the healing process. And for me, when I was able to say, God, this is not my burden to carry, meaning this is not an issue that you intended for me to have. I want to give it away. I'm letting it go. Um, I'm handing it off to you and I'm letting you heal my heart. I want to move on with my life Mm -hmm. and figure out how I can more effectively follow you and just love you instead of loving my past and clinging on to my past. Yeah. Um, Just to speak to that, I
0: feel like for a long time, I was very nervous about like going to therapy because I was afraid that I mean you guys know that, you know, I'm a Christian too and I feel like for a long time I was very nervous about like if I go to a Christian therapist, all they're going to do is throw a bunch of Bible verses at me that's the last thing I need right now like mm-hmm. I don't I want practical steps because I'm hurting, right. you know. Obviously, I believe more than anything you can't heal well without the Lord. Like yeah, that's just, you know, point blank mm-hmm. like, period, you just can't. Um but I found myself like literally my life was like colored by escaping just like whether it was you know drinking or people or relationships or whatever it looked like in that season of life but i really began to realize like god is also in the practical like for sure like yeah. grief was something that i was so afraid of like losing something i think in order to like really again like heal from it like we're talking about like there isn't a part of it where it's like you're going to have to sit in emotion and grieve the loss of something even if it was something unhealthy. Like even if it was something that you're like I don't even want to think about that anymore. I'm so like I regret that so much. I'm I like I hate myself for that. Yeah. Like, allowing yourself to sit in that, because you can't microwave it, you know? Right. And sometimes we're so focused on, like, diligently, like, trying to get out of it that we don't allow ourselves into the emotion, you know, or allow ourselves to be like, okay, do I want to feel this? No, but I need to, I need to sit in this and acknowledging, like, that God is so good that he'll sit in that with you, even if it was your fault, you know, or even if there was a lot of it that you couldn't control.
1: Yeah. Um, and Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I went through that same season, but for me, it wasn't a therapist. It was my mom. I would go to her and tell her something, and a lot of the time, she'd give me a Bible verse back, and I went through a time of bitterness mm-hmm. towards her, just like, Ugh, that's not what I need. Like, I just need you to listen, and eventually, I expressed that to her, and she explained that to me. Like, I give you these Bible verses, but God is also in your daily life, and just because you're struggling doesn't mean that you can't come to him first off. Yeah. God wants us in everything. He mm-hmm. wants. He does not care at all where you're at in your life. If you come to him, he's going to welcome you with open arms. Yeah, that's good. Um, but then on top of that, too, like, there is value in go in being in a community that's going to bring you back to the main thing. And for Michelle and I, that's our understanding of the Lord. The Lord is the main thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the Bible, too, it, t- it does talk about this. It speaks very directly to this kind of process that we're talking about of making a mistake and then... Realizing the weight of your mistake and then these people having this decision to either let it go and like sit with the Lord and work through this with him or to go somewhere else and try to deal with it on their own and suppress these things and that's all talking about this group called the Israelites and after they decided to sit with the Lord they ended up in this place called the promised land where there was just so much life and they had life better than they ever had it before. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that every time we let something go, we're immediately going to find that switch and be like, wow, life is amazing now. This is the best thing ever because that hurt is real. Yeah. But I promise you, it does get better. If you deal with this now and work through this now, go through this time of healing, no matter how hard or hopeless it feels, there is hope because there's something greater than any of the struggles that we face. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to, like you're saying, like you don't have to, like, no matter how horrible it was, or no matter how much you're like, I could never, ever fully heal from this, um, it hurts too bad, or, yeah, like, there's a freedom that we have access to, you know, Yeah. um, and a lot of that is hard, like, a lot of that mm-hmm. is a, a process and, and an emotional battle a lot of times, right. it, it feels like, but like I said, like, going back to what I said in the beginning, like, I think it's also not just about acknowledging that there's been hurt and acknowledging that there's been, there's healing to be had, I guess, yeah. but also acknowledging like that is possible. Like I am able to yeah. find myself, whether it be six months down the road, two months, two years down there, whatever. Um, I'm I'm going to be able to look back on this and think, did mm-hmm. it hurt? Yes. Does it still kind of hurt? Yes. But I don't have to live there anymore. You right. know, it doesn't yeah.
1: control my everyday life. That's so
0: good. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I really just encourage you wherever you're at on this topic, don't rush the healing process. Absolutely. Sit in it, be present in these days, because at the end of this, you're going to look back on every single one of those days and see value in it. Even if you don't right now, you will see value in that day. And the most practical thing that I did that helped me with this healing process, there were two things. The first was, I struggled a lot with body image around this time in my life also. And I think that came from, I I was seeking a lot of affirmation in this person. And then when that person was completely gone, I lost that affirmation. And I did not know at all who I was really. I had put my identity there. So that was a whole rewiring of reminding myself who God made me. And in that process, I would look myself in the mirror, in the eyes. And just look at my face and remind myself. God says these things about me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because as I said like that's what that's where I'm at God is my main thing and he says that I am loved he says that he created me with a purpose and I would look myself in the eyes and tell myself these things he says that I'm not defined by my mistakes there's such a psychology behind looking yourself looking your own face in the mirror and saying that because then every time you recognize your face in a picture or when you walk past a glass reflection instead of seeing your face and saying I suck I'm the worst that like You're just a mistake. You're too far gone. Your brain's getting rewired every time you look in the mirror and say, God made me purposed. God has a plan for me. Those kind of things. Your brain rewires to that set of thinking. Mm -hmm. And the other very practical thing I did a couple weeks into this whole grieving healing process was I started to write down, today was a really hard day because, and maybe it was, I could not see myself as anything more than my mistakes today. Or maybe it was, today was a hard day because I woke up past my alarm. But I only would spend one sentence on, today was a hard day because. And then after that, I would make a list that says, but I'm grateful for my life because. And then I would put, even if it was so simple as, I woke up with breath in my lungs. I painted a picture today. I went on a walk today. I ate three meals today. Whatever it was, just acknowledging this is where I'm at in my healing process. This is the stuff that hurts. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. what I'm so proud of myself of. Yeah. Because we need to track progress. If we don't That's track cool. our progress, cool. we're only going to remember the times that we've fallen. Mm-hmm.
0: So track really even the
1: tiniest bit of progress. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Write it out. Yeah. Journal. It's life-changing. Literally do it. Whether you're a guy or a girl, it is life-changing. I know there's a stereotype behind girls or guys journaling. but. <laughs> yeah do it, do it. No, seriously. Even if you have to, like,
0: one of the most, like, helpful things for me, and it sound when I first heard this, I was like, that's so dumb, why would I do that? It's so, like, extra, but writing letters to people that I've heard yes. or have hurt me and burning it after, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> don't even get me started. It's so true. It's so, it's, it's so, cathartic. It's, successful is gonna say satisfying it's like the most satisfying thing and it sounds a little bit over the top yeah but I think don't burn everything because there's there is beauty in like looking back on things that you've written but writing I know it's not everybody's thing but like I feel like I'm able to put words to things that I would like wouldn't have been able to verbally like you know for sure
1: even times there were a couple times in this process that I would set up my phone and just talk to my phone as if it was another person Mm -hmm. when I wasn't able to write and As stupid as it sounds, I would cry in front of my phone sometimes and just, like, record that. Yeah. And then as I rewatched it, there was just so many things that came to mind of, wow, like, you just said that and that's so untrue. And when you actually hear your thoughts or see your thoughts written out you can kind of come to term with a lot of things and realize maybe if there's some irrational thought patterns or things that are holding you back more than setting you free and identify those in a way that you can't when they're just in your mind. Yeah, so good. Mm-hmm.
0: And it'll look different for everybody. Yeah, you know, for sure. Whatever whatever that looks like for you. Obviously, like, finding a trusted person to talk about it is going to be extremely mm-hmm. helpful. Go to therapy, too. Like, for real. Like, friends are great, but go to therapy. Like, that, that for me was life-changing, and I know that it is. Like, everybody has a different like Mm -hmm. idea around it or whatever but like whatever it is that you need to do you know yeah to not get over it but to allow yourself to feel right um
1: yeah the last practical thing I have is I spent a lot of time in nature during this healing thing which I know is not for everybody Mm -mm. but it's definitely not for Michelle (laughs) but um (laughs) at least try it at least try go on a walk get outside anything to give yourself fresh air and to just see that your life is more than the four walls that you're living in that there's more to this life than just the spaces that you've been in the relationships that you're in there's so much more out there so just go outside explore something and if it's not your thing it's not your thing but I just want to have, you know, here are some practical things wherever you're at, whoever you are, hopefully one of these things you can try it out and identify with this and be like, this is going to help me.
0: I used to definitely be one of those people that made fun of people that said, like, I just need to focus on myself. And that if that's what you yeah. need to do, do that. Yeah. Like, if that's... Like, for me, it's definitely not going in nature. I'm not a hiker <laughs> or a tree hugger or right. any of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Like for me it's like going to a coffee shop and just yeah. writing and mm-hmm. getting coffee. like little things like that that sound stupid. Like right. well, maybe not stupid, but like like I am really I'm I am one of those people that's like, no, like I, I do need to focus on myself yeah. and do like do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Like get yes. it out any way that you can. The worst thing that you can do is like suppress all that. Right. It's it's so it's so dangerous to live in denial you know, yeah. not acknowledging the feelings that are there
1: that need to be, yeah, like, worked through. And I'm such, I love helping people. I love being there for people and walking through situations with people. And so I always thought there was no way I could ever tell my friends, no, I need to focus on myself. That seemed selfish to me and seemed wrong. Speak on it. And speak on it. And <laughs> <laughs> I finally started to say, no, I can't hang out today. I need to do this. I yes. need to take time on myself. Say especially no. exactly, especially say no. my first semester of college, this was a lesson that I learned so hard is I need to say no. I need to go to bed on time. I need to make sure that I'm journaling even if all my friends are out hanging out. I need to take time to do the things that I know are healing me. Mm-hmm. And really, just please, it's not selfish. Make sure your heart's in the right place, but it's not selfish if you're if you really are still being a kind human and still loving people. Yeah. You can do that. You can do that while you're working on yourself. You can still love people while you're working on yourself. So good. I went to a retreat recently and it was such a life-changing thing. And one of the things that made it so life-changing, I'm a huge extrovert to preface this. I spent no time with anybody. It was, I was alone in nature. Yeah. I did not hang out with anybody at this retreat. That's crazy. I I mean, we had these sessions, these group sessions, but I would still kind of sit by myself. I wouldn't intentionally ask someone to sit by me. Yeah. Spent the whole time alone. And in the beginning, I was like, is this selfish? Is this wrong? I could be building such good relationships right now. Yeah. And I just really felt like I needed to just focus on myself in the sense of building my relationship with God and healing with things through healing. I just got it. English is hard. (laughs) I just felt like I needed to build my relationship with the Lord, Uh heal certain aspects of my life with God And do that where there were no distractions. And for me, people, I love people. I love talking to people. They energize me more than anything. But having those conflicting patterns, thought patterns, was distracting for me. Hearing all of these people's advice when really all I needed was, okay, God, what are you asking me to do in this area of my life? And Mm -hmm. it was revolutionary. And I have never been that kind of way where I'm in a group setting mm-hmm. with no phones. No one had their phones. We were all just supposed to hang out. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I, this, I need to do this for me this yeah, weekend. That's good. Nobody was mad at me. It didn't hurt my relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I promise you, your true friends will stick by your side yes. while you're working on yourself so good. and they will love you through it and they will pray with you and do whatever you need. Those are, those are your true friends. Those are your real ones, yeah. but they'll also speak truth to you. Yeah. And please be open to that. Yeah.
0: Process too. Yeah. I feel like Lainey, honestly, is one of the best listeners I've ever come into contact with because I feel like <laughs> so I, sweet. especially with this one situation recently, because it was happening, a lot of it was happening during my first mm-hmm. uh semester semester there you go. yeah thank you <laughs> semester of college um i feel i feel like i was very repetitive like i was having a lot of the same conversation over and over and over again and i would always say like i'm going to i'm going to stop like i need i need to get out of this and then i would not and then i would come to you and i would you know like yeah. it was just this constant back and forth but you were always so gracious with me mm-hmm. and always so, like, intentional about listening. And sometimes you didn't even give me advice or, like, sometimes you didn't even, like, say anything. It was just allowing me to process. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, verbally processing is, like, a lot of times you're like, okay, I need, I want this person to hear me. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would find myself getting to, my like, answering my own question and getting yeah. to the point where I was like, okay, that's stupid. Like, why yeah. did I say that or why am I not, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, and those conversations were equally as beneficial for me. Um, just because we were walking through something similar, yeah, that yeah, hearing sure. each other's side was just so beneficial.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And, God, we could talk about this for hours, Wait, I feel seriously, because like it's been a while already. Like, we covered maybe 15% of our yeah. conversation, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I'm sure eventually there'll be, like, a part two, or even just going yeah. more into detail about something specific that we touched yeah. on. I'd love to. Um, yeah, but thanks for being on the podcast. It was seriously <laughs> my honor.
1: I feel so cool. And you guys... <laughs>
0: and you guys will definitely hear from her again i'll probably have her on here nice a lot so i'm looking forward to it yeah thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys in the next episode bye guys